The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today, expert knowledge is so highly valued that we learn to lead first as the expert whose mastery of the details helps teams solve problems. Eventually, as your leadership role expands, expert leaders find themselves in a role where others know more. Details are no longer so accessible, and decisions are made without a full understanding. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. It's time to find out how to make the transformation smooth and flawless. Now, here is Dr. Wanda Wallace. Welcome to the show. We have an exciting topic today. I have to say, when I am coaching people, one of the biggest topics I get has to do with coworkers. Now, I'll dare say that most of us, in fact, all of us, at some point in time, find ourselves struggling with a coworker in one form or another. Either the style doesn't suit us, the values aren't consistent with ours, or the behaviors just aren't what you're expecting or wanting. So learning to navigate those situations is just part of managing your career. But what do you do when the behavior is more like bullying and it's not just a difference in style? And at which point do you identify the behavior as a bully? When has it gone too far? And what do you do to keep your sanity? And how do you win against a bully? Or can you? That's what we're going to talk about today. So with me today is Lynn Curry. Lynn is president of The Growth Company. Um, Lynn has more than 38 years of experience working with boards, managers, and employees in training, helping human resources in organizational strategy consulting, and doing executive coaching. She's authored four books. The one we're focusing on today is Beating the Workplace Bully, and she has two blogs as well www.workplacecoachblog.com and www.bullywhisperer.com. She also publishes in the Alaska Dispatch News and on sheknows.com. I should also say Lynn lives in Anchorage, Alaska. So Lynn, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. Bullying is such an, uh, an important topic and one of the things that most of us don't know how to deal with because most of us approach every interaction as if we want the other person to win and we want to win too. And a bully operates with a different operating system. They want you to lose while they win. Uh, some folks ask me, is everybody who bullies a bully? And the answer is no. Most of us at some point in our life have bullied a little bit. But a true bully uh, repeatedly, intentionally tries to get one up on someone else uh, moves into humiliation or intimidation. And because other people will run for cover, decide it's not their fight, maybe not even believe it's going on because the bully might target you and not anyone else, they won't necessarily intercede. So it's really up to us to figure out what do I do in this situation. Yeah, it, it's, it is a tough one, I think, to deal with because it comes so unexpectedly and can be so demotivating. But let, let me ask you, how common is bullying in the workplace? 
Well, it's stunningly common. There's a major study that was done on a Workplace Bully Institute, and they discovered that more than 37 million U.S. workers face abusive conduct at work, and more than 28 million other workers witness bullying. That totals to more than 65 million people, which is really the combined population of 15 U.S. states, which means that we've got um, a one-in-four chance of being bullied. Wow, one-in-four chance. You bet. And And most of us would say, could I please be in the other three? Yeah, it's a no joke. I don't want to be there for sure. Um, so one in four, wow, that's incredible. And certainly helping this, helping anybody get through it, survive it, manage it would be a really useful thing to do. Better yet, figure out how to stop it. So um, you just defined bullying and you said that a bullying is somebody who consistently, repeatedly tries to get one up on someone so that they always play, I'm going to win and you're going to lose. Is there anything else that distinguishes a consistent bully from somebody who might occasionally play a win-lose game? Absolutely. Bullying is really psychological violence. So most people aren't intending to be psychologically violent. Most of the rest of us have a monitor on ourselves. When we see somebody else start to crumple when we are aggressive toward them, we later apologize or we think, My bad. I shouldn't have done that. For a bully, when they see you start to crumple, they go, okay, I'm scoring points. Let let me keep going. And there are multiple ways that they bully. There's verbal bullying, which is the ridicule, insults, um, negative name-calling, slandering, making you the butt of jokes. And then there's the physical bullying, which is where most of the lawsuits thus far have come from, where someone pushes or shoves or kicks or pokes or trips the, the target, or assaults or threatens physical assault. And then, very common, there is sabotage and deliberate interference or humiliation with someone else. And once we realize this is all going on, it's often a bit too late because we're now in a one-down position. So it's really important to realize some of the warning signs that you're about to be bullied and to start to recognize some of the types of bullies that are in your workplace. Okay, so let's do that one. Then what are the warning signs? How do I recognize it? And presumably if you recognize it early, you don't give the bully the satisfaction of getting one up on you, watching you crumple. Absolutely. A bully wants you to make a mistake because they're going to seize that opportunity. So uh, warning signs might be that um, you feel like you're walking on eggshells around someone else, very worried that he or she might be triggered by something you do, so you stop handling what you want to handle. Um, I got a call this morning from workplace where one person is singing out loud, disrupting everybody else in the workplace. Do they want to handle it? No, because they're afraid of that individual's retaliation. Uh, Somebody who cuts you down and then says, just kidding, and you know it's not just kidding, Somebody who intimidates you, hates to have his or her authority questioned, always puts you in the wrong to appear right. And part of what we're thinking is, is this really bullying? Um, And how did I get here? And it could be that you had bad luck. Um, You wound up in a new job and you were very excited, but the new boss is a bully. 
or there's a bully in the workplace, or you might have something the bully wants. Maybe your position is above the bullies on the org chart, and they're hoping to move you out so they can have that position. Or, and this is the most common, you've somehow signaled you're an easy target. You've put up with bad treatment several times. You've, you've ignored warning signs. And what I'm going to say is bullies test to see who to mess with. And that's a test you want to fail. Wow, bullies test to see who. So can you give me an example of what that looks like in the workplace where a bully is testing with who am I going to go after? Absolutely. Um, One of the women I helped coach uh, was going for a position, and she had to um, make some pitches to corporate in terms of coming from her area of expertise. And one of the men in the organization who was also going for the same position Everybody knew one of these two people was going to get the promotion, would say some things to her that were totally rude, and she thought, okay, I can ignore it. So that was the first test. I know that this woman will pretend to ignore. The second test came when she walked up to the, head of, uh, to the podium, the head of the conference room, to give a presentation. And as she walked by, he looked at her and said, fat thighs. Well, That so put her off her game that she then lost her train of thought. She flustered. uh, She stumbled her way through her presentation. So she called me for coaching, and I said, okay, he's messing with you, and your reward is that his reward is that you're off your game. So let's turn the tables on him. And I suggested that the next time he said something, she turned it on him. We practiced a number of different things, and wonderfully enough, the next time she walked up in front of the conference room, which was a month later, he looked at her and said, fat butt. And she turned to him and said, how does that matter to you? At which point, everybody who was overhearing the exchange started to snicker, which meant that she said, if you're going to test me, pick on somebody, who, um, pick on somebody who's going to crater. I'm not going to crater anymore. Interesting. So it's a response, but it isn't a retaliation. It isn't come back with, let me one-up you and tell you how ugly you are today. It's uh, just neutralize it, in effect. Absolutely. Neutralize it, take control, be professional. The old saying of don't get into the mud with a pig, because the pig has years of experience doing it, and the pig likes mud. You don't want to go toe-to-toe with a bully. If you do that, you've escalated it, turned it into World War III, and now you both look bad. In fact, when you walk home, you're going to feel bad about how you've acted that day. The bully won't. So one of the traps you want to avoid is giving back to the bully as good as you've gotten. What you want to do is center yourself, ground yourself, and think, how do I remain in professional control of myself, my interactions, and how do I let the bully know They have picked on the wrong person because bullies have a risk-benefit ratio that they operate according to. And if you're not someone who's going to crater, they're not going to keep messing with you. Okay. Great advice. Boy, and that takes a lot of work, presumably. I can imagine somebody facing this needs some outside, a friend or someone who can help coach them through how to respond uh, without cratering. Well, that's what led me to write the book. And the book is distinct from some of the other books about bullying 
because this particular book is a self-training manual. So you pick it up. It walks you through many of the different types of bullies, the angry, aggressive jerk or the workplace Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde or the silent grenade or some of the other types of bullies with a game plan for each one and exercises for you to do so that if you're one of those folks who is a conflict avoider, you're one of those folks who doesn't want to make waves, but you're facing this incredible challenge in your workplace and you want to stay at that workplace, you need to learn how to handle that bully. Um, Your manager may not come to your rescue because he or she might not realize you're being bullied. Okay. So I can't resist. Give me an example of one of the most frequent types of bullies or one of the more interesting ones, and give me an example of how you deal with that one versus another one. Okay. Well, the angry, aggressive jerk is absolutely the most common type of bully. This is someone who blames, who demeans, who belittles, who name calls, who fault finds. And what happens is we tend to get exhausted physically and emotionally. They really do sap our energy. So the way to handle them is when they say anything that's an insult, instead of biting your tongue and instead of angrily retaliating, you want to turn it on them by taking control of the interaction. The most common example I give is if someone would say to you, you look like a dog, and you said, what breed? (laughs) I like that one. You look like a dog, and you say, what breed? We're about, and again, you've got humor here. Um, Humor works really well. Many bullies will take you on in front of an audience because they'll perceive that being in front of an audience is harder um, for you than any other situation. And they're playing to the audience. And what you want to do is realize you are in front of an audience and that if you keep your cool, you simply will see a failed bullying attempt. Now, different types of bullies call for different strategies. For example, the narcissist bully, which is also a psychological type of person um, who believes the world revolves around him or her. They feel inherently superior, and they're not too worried about the rules because they, they play by their own rules. They feel entitled to win. Those bullies can't take criticism. And what is interesting is if you create a situation where the narcissist gets criticized, he or she will retaliate so aggressively that other people will realize what's going on, that the narcissist is utterly inappropriate. Okay. So, and can you give me a concrete example of that one? I'm not quite sure what that would look like in practice. Um, One of the things that happens is a narcissist will establish a a good relationship with senior management um, who will maybe only see that bully um, in a certain light. And one of the things I've urged some of my clients to do is talk their senior managers into having 360 reviews of everyone at a certain level of management. When a 360 review happens, 7 to 11 people discuss the strengths and weaknesses of each person a narcissist will get a fairly critical 360, and frequently they leave the workplace after that. Wow, I like that one. I like that one. That plays to my strengths as well, a critical 360. And I can also imagine if you've got, you know, there's some 
discussion or idea on the table and you can get everybody in the room to give what they like about it and what they dislike about it, you're going to see a lot of the behavior because that's a bit of criticism. It's not hard criticism, but you'll see some of it coming out publicly. And most of the rest of us consider that feedback. A narcissist who thinks that he or she is above everyone else cannot bear to have people they think are lower beings critique them. Got it. Okay, I can see why this book is just enormously useful if you're thinking of being bullied. So you were talking earlier, Lynn, about the traps not to fall into. And one of the traps is not to crater, and another trap is not to get in the mud with a pig. I love your expression. The peers at pig has years of experience in the mud, and they rather like it. So we don't want to do that. Are there other traps that we want to make sure we avoid? The most common trap is... To, to deny what's going on, so many of us, we are, we are such, um, we are people who would not dream of bullying ourselves, that when it starts to happen, we think, this can't be happening. Maybe I'm making a big, too big a deal of it. Maybe I'm somehow provoking this. Uh, we can convince ourselves that the bully was justified. And what I'm going to say is, er, trust your feelings. Don't look the other way or downplay it. Don't assume you did something to provoke bullying. You don't deserve bullying, and you have the right to protest. And one of the ways to handle that particular bully is to say, hey, I see what you're doing. It stops right now. Another trap, and it's the second most common trap, is you take the bully home with you. You somehow give him or her an outpost in your mind. You swallow their judgments. Um, You allow them to define who you are, even in terms of how you see yourself, so that the bully will make a statement about you, and you will feel that not only does the bully but everybody else in the workplace believe that, and you start to believe that. Well, I'm going to say that you're in control of your mind. You're the owner. Don't let them rent. (laughs) And if you wouldn't let them stomp on your foot, don't let them stomp on your mind. Great. Obviously, easier said than done because, you know, this stuff can kind of weigh on you. You do start to wonder, what did I do to deserve it? And that kind of starts to begin to undermine the confidence. Absolutely. Another trap is expecting the bully to change. They don't need to change. What they're doing works for them. And sometimes people will start to beg or plead or try to appease the bully. And if you do that, um, the bully knows that he or she has the upper hand. It only leads them to escalate. And the final trap is when the bully isolates you. You, um, One person in your workplace is bullying you, so you walk into the lunchroom, and as you walk in, there are a whole bunch of people sitting around a table, and you head toward the table, and the bully, bully looks at you like, we don't want you here. And you feel shunned, so you leave, and you go back to your office to eat. Well, all those people didn't shun you. The bully just gave you a look, and you let the bully win that encounter. All right, so the secret there is to go to the lunch table at any rate. Absolutely, and start a conversation. Because what you're saying is, I'm okay with myself, I'm okay with the rest of you, and you're not letting that look get to you and change your behavior. Okay. So that's like the test number one or test number two. It's one of the early tests. Can I get you to go away just by looking at you? Yes. Yes. 
All right. So if I just do a repeat of this one, there are different types of bullies. And for each of those different types of bullies, we have a slightly different tactic. And the secret is to stay professional in all capacities so that I'm not said anything that I'm embarrassing myself and saying, but I make it clear to the bully that they're not going to win, that I'm not going to crater to their tactics. Right? Different bullies require different tactics. And then I want to make sure I don't fall prey to any of the traps. And the traps, I could not deny it. If you think it's going on, it probably is going on. You don't let the bully get inside your head so that it's making you believe that maybe it's true about yourself. You don't set on a strategy you think you're going to actually change this behavior. I love what you say. It works for the bully. So they have no reason to change whatsoever. And they're likely to go pick on somebody else even you can't plead because that just makes it worse and you can't let the bully isolate you either because that will they win when they do that fabulous wow that's quite a lot um so lynn i'm going to ask you this one last question then we're going to take a break so you think you can win against a bully i absolutely know you can um i was somebody who used to be bullied i was bullied in a marriage i hired police to work with me in the workplace and I came about this body of knowledge uh, from starting to look at my own behavior, where I was falling into the traps. Because I'm a coach, a lot of my clients were similarly um, getting bullied, and I started to give them, try this, try this, try this. And sometime 10, 15 years ago, I thought, oh, my goodness, I've never been bullied again. Um, you can be in the middle of a situation and get out of it, you can not fall into that situation again. Um, there's an incredible amount of hope here. Okay. And in your experience coping, coaching people, I think a lot of people believe, oh, well, this just means I'm going to have to leave the work, this job. Mm-hmm. So in your experience, you don't have to leave the job. You get above it. You get it stopped. Um, you stay in the job. You make it work for you. Is that a, that's your experience as well? Oh, Absolutely. You can stay in the job, and the bully will move on to other territory. I've watched a lot of situations in which the individual who's bullying wound up being the one to leave. Yeah. I've seen a couple of those as well when it's played very carefully. All right. Well, fascinating discussion. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the bully speak, which is Lynn's word for what is it really, how does a bully talk and how do you begin to work against that? With me today is Lynn Curry. Her company is The Growth Company. The book we've been talking about is Beating the Workplace Bully. And Lynn has two blogs, one in particular called TheBullyWhisperer.com. And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. All right, welcome back. With me today is Lynn Curry. Lynn is president of The Growth Company. She does management consulting, training, um, organizational strategy consulting, as well as executive coaching. Lynn is the author of four books. The one we're talking about today is Beating the Workplace Bully. And we've just been talking about how to recognize the workplace bully. And the number one thing to do for a workplace bully is not to cave. You can't convince yourself that somehow you deserve it or that somehow you're inadequate or that if you plead with them, it's going to work. And we've just gone through all the traps of thinking that'll just play into the bully's effectiveness. So I want to turn now, though, and talk about bully speak. And Lynn, this is your phrase. What do you mean by that? Well, there are different ways in which bullies tend to verbally interact with the rest of us. They blame us and shame us. They insult us. They make verbal statements in public that humiliate us. And each of these types of bully speak can be countered. For example, if a bully insults you or makes a snide comment, you might let the first one go, but by the second one you realize, okay, I know what's going on here. And you might develop um, an arsenal of memorized comments that work really well. One of my favorites is when a bully says something inappropriate to me, uh, I will say, pardon me? As if I can't believe that came out their mouth. Um, If I don't like it, I might exit the conversation. Or I might say something like, nice try, or game over. Or I might document it. I might just say, hey, let me tape that. Uh, What happens is, if you let insult after insult go, after a while, you feel depleted. Another thing bullies do is they lead you to question yourself. Um, They twist you in mental knots. You start defending and not asserting. So all of a sudden, everything you're doing is defending against an attack. None of us play defense really well. And I suggest to people I coach to step back and take a look at it and to uh, don't let them take you apart piece by piece, but to say, okay, here's the truth. Another is they publicly humiliate you. And, for example, um, if um, a bully humiliates you in front of a group, you might say, um, you're at it again, or is that the best you've got? Um, I really like when the bully says, hey, you really made a mess of that, and um, you say back to them, exactly what is a mess? And they say, well, I don't even have words to say it. And you say, go for it. Take your best shot. And they say something else, and then you close with a comment. One of my favorite closing comments is if the bully says, um, can't you understand? And you say, I understand perfectly well. Bullies also do mind games. One of my clients came to me, and she started with a new company of real estate agents. And when she came in the first day, one of the other agents said, hey, there's this coffee cart down in the lobby, and if you're going to go get some, 
I'd really like a decaf skinny latte. And she went down and she got coffee for herself and a latte for this other person. And the next day when she came in, this other agent said, how about a caramel latte today? And the woman came back and gave it to uh, the latte to the first person and said, so that was 350 And the first person said, oh, I thought you were just bringing me something. In other words, the woman who was getting the lattes each day thought it was turnabout as fair. She never expected someone to take advantage of her that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens sometimes between employees and bosses, sometimes mm-hmm. between coworkers, and sometimes employees can bully a boss. Yes. Yes. So let me describe a scenario that um, I know about. I'll try to keep this one disguised so that no one is um, humiliated, shall I say, in public. But it's not unsimilar to what you just described. So a woman walks into the meeting. She's the new in the role and that particular position, moderately senior level position. And the man makes a very patronizing comment to her like, oh, dear, um, would you go and get me a cup of tea? Hmm. And it was an absolute intimidation. Uh, individuals watching that believed it was an absolute total bullying as opposed to could you do me a favor kind of question. I guess that's an important distinction to make. If you were her, what would you have done? Um, well, how about let's walk together to the teapot? Oh, great. Or, I can do that in about an hour. (laughs) Great. You basically set up your boundary. See, I think so many people struggle with what am I supposed to say. They've never thought about it. And so they either retaliate. As in, what are you, an idiot or something? Which, you know, doesn't work very well. That's going to backfire. Everybody thinks that was out of line as they're listening to it. Or it escalates. Or they just say, the simplest thing is, go get it. It was just a tea. Big deal. But as you said at the beginning, you've now signaled to the bully that you can be bullied. Not only that, but the way in which you described it, Wanda, says that everybody in the room knew it wasn't just tea. Everybody in the room knew it was intimidation. Now, I'm going to say, um, let's pull it out of bullying and just get it into criticism. When we're criticized, our instinctive reactions are either to defend ourselves or to attack back. Neither of those work because both say the critic sets the game in motion and now we're playing their game. You want to have a moment where you step back from the interaction. You take a breath, which is part of what you need to do to be able to step back emotionally, mentally from the interaction and you think, what's going on here? Is this how I want to be treated? And then, generally, instead of attacking or defending, you can turn it by asking a question. Okay. So we're back to that universal questions get you out of all sorts of hot water, and here we are again. But I like that notion that when you're criticized, defending or attacking is playing the critic's game. You're, playing, you're letting them lead. Absolutely. So step back, take a deep breath so you calm yourself because presumably you want your voice steady and you want to deliver whatever you're going to say in a very cool, collected, unruffled manner and turn it on a question. 
Absolutely. And let me say one other piece about what's happening. We have in our brain two hemispheres. We have a left hemisphere, which controls logic, analysis, problem-solving language, sense of future consequence. And we have a right hemisphere, which controls reaction, emotion, color, space, um, intuition, creativity. Both hemispheres are useful. When we breathe deeply, we access the two of them together. When we breathe rapid shallow, because we put on the spot, we access okay. one or the other hemisphere. If somebody pushes your button, you're going to access your right hemisphere. If you aren't breathing deeply enough, you'll temporarily lose access to your left hemisphere, which is where language is. For example, if you've ever been so put on the spot, you were speechless, you lost access to the left hemisphere, which had language. Or my personal favorite is if somebody pushes your button and you react, you say something totally stupid you later deeply regret. That's because sense of future consequences in left hemisphere. So in the same way that in martial arts, the very first thing we do is learn to breathe, when a bully is confronting you in the workplace, the very first thing you need to do is take a breath so that you're grounded and centered. Okay, grounded and centered, and obviously thinking with both hemispheres, Absolutely. both emotionally as well as language-wise. I know people think, because I teach people to do this all the time, and I know they think that that time it takes to make a breath is too long and something bad is going to happen. Uh, it's amazing to me how much space people will give you, even in the U.S., where we talk over everybody all the time, they'll give you that space because they're waiting to see what you're going to say. Absolutely, and it's not a bad thing to take a look at the bully as you're taking that breath. It basically says, I just noticed what you did. I'm not going to fall into that cliff you want me to jump over. I'm going to think for a moment, and then I'm going to say something that you may not expect, sir, or you may not expect, ma'am. Now, you said, sir or ma'am. Do you find that bullies are... Men and women? Oh, absolutely. I, um, I have learned that there are as many male as female bullies, and there are as many employee as boss bullies. Wow. Okay, now we're going to talk about what to do when, the, when it's your boss is the problem. But um, I want to turn, before we go into that tactic, I want to turn back to this notion, because lots of times you do let the bully get in your head. And you start to lose your confidence or you start to doubt yourself and you sort of cave in on yourself in some ways. So what's your advice for getting the bully out of your head? I know we shouldn't have gone there in the first place, but suppose we have. How do I recover? Well, I like the idea of creating mental Kevlar. And if you were going into a barrage of bullets, you would wear a Kevlar vest. I like the idea of thinking of some of the things about yourself that are true. You might be a genuine person real, honest, authentic. You might be a kind, caring, compassionate person. You might be an insightful person or a loyal or a committed or a reliable person. Just making a list of adjectives about yourself. And then take a look at that list and think, would I like, a, a, would I like as a friend a person who had all or most of those items on the list? And realize you've got all or most of those items on the list. You are a pretty good friend. And what a bully does is they cause you to look anxiously at yourself. They draw your attention to your most negative qualities, thus lowering your self-esteem and making you more susceptible to their control. You don't want to let them um, 
take you apart bit by bit. You want to deny them the rewards they seek, and when you let them take you apart, it shows up on your face, in your voice tone. You look flustered. uh, You turn white. You turn red. Your jaw tightens. Take a breath and deny them the reward. Um, If you're um, a wounded swimmer, you're going to attract sharks. If you wilt with embarrassment, the bully escalates. So learn to put your game face on, and that starts inside your head. This is your mind. Think about what you know to be true. Think about what is good about you before the next encounter. Yeah. I think that's fabulous advice to think about what's positive about you and then to let those words roll through your head. And I, I often say to people when they're dealing with um, a hostile, not necessarily a bully, but a hostile individual, that you have to recognize that whatever is calling the hostility has nothing to do with you, actually. It's about the other person. And so just being able to say, this is in my head, this is not about me, 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 is enough for you to not take those words in and start to feel inadequate. So do you think the same works with a bully? Absolutely. Wanda, that's great advice. And my theory is bullies live on a different planet. They live on that win-lose planet. And you are on a win-win planet. So when the bully comes after you, Take a look at them as if you're looking at somebody um, in anthropology, a different kind of creature, and realize that you might want to step to the plate with slightly new strategies. Yeah. So this is not about making them a friend. This is not about winning them over. This is not about waiting it out. It's not about playing the game. It's about getting smart at how you signal, I'm not going to cave. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Fabulous. All right. So now let me, you know, a lot of people say, um, should I go to HR? So when do you advise people to go and talk to HR or to their manager? I advise people to go talk to their HR and their manager right away and say, here's what I'm noticing. Um, It's happening. And here's something that documents it. In this era where we have smartphones and we can take a picture of emails, uh, you might want to pull some of that documentation together. Go in right away before you're so upset that when you start to talk to your manager or HR, you sound like you're a true problem. And go in with some facts. Realize that the manager or HR doesn't necessarily see it, and they don't know that you're telling them the truth. You might be making something up. They can't take sides. They have to really assess it. Okay. Now, you know, a lot of people are worried that HR or the manager will go directly to the bully. Well, that's something you should say. You should say, I'd like to talk with you about something. And what I don't want to do is make a bad situation worse. So can I have your commitment not to go to the person I want to talk with you about? I would like you to hear what I have to say and coach me on how to handle it differently. Mm-hmm. Great. I think that works uniformly when you're trying to deal with somebody who's not the easiest to deal with when you're bringing, in effect, the manager on your side because their job now is to help you. 
You're not blaming anybody. You're not attacking anybody. You're not saying anything that needs to be verified. You're just saying, look, I could use your advice. How else would you handle this? Yes, and not only that, you, you, um, you don't make the manager have to get in there and do something him or herself, and you allow the manager or HR to draw their own conclusions. If you go in with, here's my opinion, I want you to share my opinion, in their mind they're thinking, do I believe it, do I not? If you go in and say, here's the facts, um, I'd like to know how you can coach me, that's a, a smoother presentation. Okay, fabulous. That makes a ton of sense to me. So, um, in effect, we can expect managers to give us advice, to coach us. We can expect managers to go and look and verify the facts for themselves. We can expect managers to, you know, sometimes wait and see if it happens again. You know, they don't need more trouble to solve for anything. Um, but we can't expect managers to instantaneously agree with us. Absolutely. And managers are going to consider who they consider credible. So when you present to them at the very beginning, you'll be able to present it rationally um, with a level of, uh, with a lack of intensity. If you're at your wit's end and you've been a victim for a while, you're going to have a hard time presenting credibly. Right. And then often managers are, why didn't you come to me before? You know, why did you wait so long? And then you're on the defensive because that's yet another criticism. Absolutely. There's something beyond that. Managers um, often give bullies an exemption. Um, The bullies are often people who produce great results. And maybe they occupy a a unique place on the organization chart. Maybe they're the very best IT person or the very best head of marketing that the managers ever had. They... um, they might not want to lose the bully. They might even themselves be intimidated by the bully, or they might simply have a blind spot because bullies normally kiss up and kick down. Yeah. Yeah, I I was going to say, most of the time, I don't think bullies actually show that bullying behavior to the manager. So the manager will often say, I have heard, will say, you just got to figure out how to work with them, which isn't a whole lot of help if you're being the victim of bullying. Okay, Lynn, we're going to take a break again. There's so much to talk about here. Uh, With me today is Lynn Curry. The book that we're talking about is Beating the Workplace Bully. Lynn has two blogs, workplacecoachblog.com and bullywhisperer.com. When we come back, we want to take some special cases like what if the bully is your manager or what if the bully is your employee? How do you deal with it in those circumstances? We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. With me today is Lynn Curry. Lynn is president of The Growth Company, based in Anchorage, Alaska, with more than 38 years' experience in training, consulting, and executive coaching. She's written four books. The one we're talking about today is Beating the Workplace Bully. Okay, Lynn, so we have been talking about, at the very beginning, we were talking about the different types of bullies. We talked about what you say and how you respond to a bully, what the process is, and how that varies by the different type. And then in this last segment, we were talking about what bullies typically say and how you control that and how you solicit other people to help you in the process. I want to turn now and talk about some particular situations. So probably the hardest of all is what if the bully is your manager or some other person more senior than you? What do you do in that case? If the bully is your boss, they have more power than you on the org chart. So if it's going to turn into a win-lose, you're the one who's going to lose, which means don't go toe-to-toe with them because you're going to lose. Establish a boundary in your mind of seeing the bully for who and what she is or he is. And remember that idea that bullies choose who they go after. So can you establish yourself as an employee who helps that manager achieve his or her goals? If so, they're not going to want to get rid of you. They're not going to want to trample you because they don't want to risk losing you. Remember, bullies operate with a risk-benefit ratio. So figure out how you can help the manager. And then know your legal rights. Bullies tend to forget that although they rule the workplace, they don't rule the world, which means that if they trample on your rights in terms of discrimination or whistleblowing or something else, you can take them to a regulatory agency. And you can also vote with your feet. The best thing you can do might be to start looking for a new job. Okay. So what is it that the, so the boss has, the boss who's a bully already has the power and the authority. So what did they get out of bullying an employee? Bullies grew up that way. They might have had a parent who was a bully, or they might have a parent who was easy to bully. They learned those tactics from early on, and there's a level to which they might be getting pleasure from it, or it might be just the easiest way they can navigate everything. If they can bully you and you work 90 hours a week, then they can work 20 hours a week. Okay. All right. So, and you. So, the one. This is, sounds like an interesting conundrum because, on the one hand, I want to work really hard to show them that I can help them achieve their goals, so that I am valuable to them. But at the same time, if they're bullying me into working ninety hours, I have to have some boundaries on that one. Absolutely. If if you're starting to lose yourself because of who you're working for, it's time to take your life back. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So what if the bully is somebody who works for you, your employee? That's a really interesting situation because we don't necessarily expect that that would be true, but I've noticed it happens a lot. And bully employees um, generally will feel justified in how they tackle their boss. 
they can create tremendous uproar because they have a lot of time to talk to their coworkers about things that they allege you do. Um, so they might make up a story to their coworkers about how you handled them, and it might be totally untrue, but the coworkers might believe them. So fundamentally, if you're managing an individual who's a bully, is you can't let them run the show. You need to connect with all of your employees, and you need to take a look at that bully for what he or she is doing, particularly in terms of performance. You have the right to control his or her performance. So if you notice it's not up to snuff, use your normal disciplinary procedures, realizing the more dignity you act with, the more the other employees will respect you. If you start to target that individual, the other employees may feel that you truly are the mean one. Right. So I've got to treat them fairly, meaning I have to evaluate their performance fairly, and I have to treat them with respect on that one. Is this also a case where you say to the employee, I see what you're doing? You can say, um, I hear a lot of noise. For example, say that you've sat down with a bully and said, I need you to work on this. And the next day, you hear that that individual has gone to everyone else in the workplace and claimed to be a victim of a mean supervisor who doesn't understand him or her or whatever. You bring the bully employee back into your office and say, you know, we had a conversation yesterday about how you needed to better step to the plate. And by the end of the day, I understood that there was a lot of noise going on around in the workplace about how that was mean and unfair and this and that. So I'm going to tell you that I expect no more noise. Mm. Okay. Basically call the bully employee on what he or she is doing, how they're trying to manipulate or create uproar. And again, you want to do that really quickly. If you let the bully turn your other employees against you, now you're somewhat handicapped in terms of how you treat that bully employee. Right, right. I um, And this would also say, as you, in other cases, especially when, you know, I'll come back to that one in a minute, but this would also say the stronger your relationships are with people around you, the more resources you have for people to help you. So if you've been distant from your employees, you haven't really been helping them, they don't really feel like you've been fair or available, all those sorts of things, then you set up an environment where a bully can win. And Absolutely. or has an easier chance to win. And equally, if you've got a great relationship with your manager, you've been delivering with your manager, and you go to the manager and you say, I've got a problem, I need your help, they're much more likely to listen to you than if you've been, you know, not really focused on all the things you need to be focused on. Absolutely. You want your relationships to, to be really solid because you may need them. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, yeah, great. All right, so just before we close, because we've only got a couple minutes here, I want to talk about cyberbullying. There's a lot of press about that. What do you do in the cases of cyberbullying? Well, something people don't realize is that if cyberbullying happens, you can get an injunction, um, uh, a cyberbullying, um, a cyberstalking injunction. You will probably want to um, collect and the evidence. Some of us get so flustered that we start to delete everything. But when people tell me they've been cyberbullied by a particular kind of bully, that's called, I call the character assassin. What I say to them is make screenshots of everything. You're going to need that evidence. 
you can go to the police. They can subpoena the IP address or login. You can go to your IT. You can go to your employer. If an employer leaves you in a situation where you're being bullied as part of your workday interactions, maybe your job is to manage um, the Facebook account or the social media, and you're getting harassed as part of your job, your employer actually has an obligation to help you. Okay. And then close the door. Um, change your address. Um, don't, don't flame back because the moment you do, the cyberbully will create multiple new um, email addresses and really go for you. Okay. Can you tell in a cyberbullying who's actually doing it, or is this all still mostly anonymous? Um, I've actually helped a number of people locate a forensic computer specialist who can track the cyberbully. Okay. So it is possible, but we need a specialist. It is possible. You do need a specialist. And many of the websites, um, the Twitter and the Facebook and MySpace, they don't like bullying either, so they will help you if you can prove to them what's been going on. So I have to have evidence again. You have to have evidence. Okay. So take those screenshots, save them. You may then delete them, but at least take them so you've got some evidence and some date and time and all that sort of thing. And then seek help. I think, again, we have the same thing that just sitting there and assuming it will go away or hoping it will get better, letting it turn on you or isolate you, as we talked about at the beginning, is the last thing you want to do. Absolutely. And Wanda, one thing we haven't mentioned is what to do if you're simply witnessing bullying. And what I want yes. to let people know is that there is no witness protection. A bully watches you witness and you don't do anything, and it tells them you might be easy prey. It also erodes you um, to allow that. Your silence is sending a message to the bully that you fear them or sanction them, to the target that you don't care. So you do want to speak up or intervene because that says, I don't tolerate this, and I'm not easy prey. I'm not your next victim. Okay. So any advice if you're witnessing it, what um, to do? I would document it, and I would intervene. Okay, such as? Um, intervene is, hey, what's going on here? Okay. Well, I was just, you know, it felt very rude to me. I don't like um, my coworkers being treated that way. And I would go to HR with my documentation. Okay. All right. So again, it's not an attack back. It's a simple acknowledgement, recognition of it, and off we go. Okay? Absolutely. I like that. Wanda, you're making a great point on it's up to you to be professional at all times. Right. So I often say to people, you don't want to say anything in public that you don't want repeated. Correct. And the same thing applies here. So, all right, so, Lynn, if I take a quick moment to summarize, um, I think there's incredible, valuable advice in here. The book, by the way, is Beating the Workplace Bully, or the column is thebullywhisperer.com if you want the blog. But the basic principle here is when you feel like you're being bullied, don't wait and hope it goes away. And you want to say something that lets the bully know you are not going to cave or crater, that you're, they're not going to get their pleasure out of watching you crumble. 
keep the upper hand, use a little bit of humor, be professional, take a deep breath, take a step back and respond with question. And then seek advice from people around you who can help you think through what else you can say. So Lynn, thanks for being here. This was fabulous. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Okay, and join us next week again. We will be talking with an ex well, a leader who's actually gone through the transition multiple times from being the, a non-expert to a non-expert to a non-expert. So we're going to hear the lessons of the road of how do you do this and keep the team on your side. Join us next week. Thank you again for joining us for Out of the Comfort Zone. Tune in again for another edition with Dr. Wanda Wallace next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Take charge this week. We'll be right back.